It's time to cover all things Catholic in the heart of South and Central Texas. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network, get ready to rise and walk with Richard and Julie Reyna. And good afternoon to all of you tuning in right now, the Guadalupe Radio Network here in South and Central Texas. And thank you for joining us today here. It's going to be a great show today, and we're pretty thrilled about it. And are you ready? For another local live show? I think you are, especially if you're tuning in right now. Um, today, the theme of today's show, I should say, Rise and Walk, is reconciliation and transformation, something we should all be working toward during Lent. But we're going to talk about it from a different angle, a different perspective today. As we have in studio one of our very own priests of the Archdiocese of San Antonio, Father Baby Chan Aracatara. I think I got that right. We'll find out. <laughs> of St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Hondo, Texas. And he wrote a new book entitled Light Through the Bars, Understanding and Rethinking South Africa's Prisons. Uh, I think you're really going to like it. His story and his book are going to give us some insight into the struggles of prisoners in South Africa and possibly offer us some hope for finding healing and conversion in our own lives. He has a lot to share with us uh, about the breaking the cycles of addiction, trauma, and even crime in people's lives by offering compassion and willingness to listen to a broken soul. But before we, we begin, let's offer up a glorious prayer to God in thanksgiving for this past Friday's solemnity of the Feast of St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, and for our many petitions for his powerful intercession. So if you all will please join me in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O St. Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, so prompt before the throne of God, I place in thee all my interests and desires. O St. Joseph, do assist me by thy powerful intercession and obtain for me all spiritual blessings through thy foster son, Jesus Christ our Lord so that, having engaged here below thy heavenly power, I may offer thee my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O St. Joseph, I never weary contemplating thee, and Jesus, asleep in thine arms. I dare not approach while he reposes near thy heart. Press him in my name and kiss his fine head for me, and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. St. Joseph, patron of departing souls, pray for, pray for us. us. Amen. Amen. St. Anthony de Padua, pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for Amen. us. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, wow, Julie, that, that really is a, a beautiful prayer that uh, I written about 1900 years ago. Is yes, that correct? Yes, it's about 1900 years old, and it appears in the Pieta book that we've mentioned on several occasions that... Um, a lot of people I know carry around and it's beautiful. It has a, a bunch of beautiful prayers. And it says at the bottom of this prayer that if you tradition holds it, if you say this prayer, pray it piously and faithfully for nine consecutive mornings for anything that you may be begging God's um, intercession for. It's seldom known to fail. So St. Joseph, we're learning as it is his year is very powerful intercessor. So I encourage you to find this prayer and um, pray it, because St. Joseph is fantastic. He sure is. <laughs> and the more we learn about St. Joseph, the more I think we're blown away by, yes, he's tremendous. by him. It's amazing. 
um, tomorrow eek, starts our Sherathon, our I spring twenty twenty one Sherathon, <laughs> focused on the theme of celebrating. The Saint year Joseph. Saint Joseph celebrates Saint Joseph. I so was so thrilled to hear that the theme was of Saint Joseph because there's so much to talk about there's about him. So he will, I'm sure, intercede for your um, needs and and bless every hour. I'm sure. Of yeah, the especially uh, twelve to one and one to two because from one to two, <laughs> you and I are going to be on the air. Yes, I'm I've only forward to in that. all your 13 years of being the general manager here. I think I've been on once before. You have been. Okay, Marty said that. I've only done it one time, and it is a fast and furious process. So <laughs> it's not uh, one for the weak hearted. So I'm I'm excited to join you. And it'll be really fun. <laughs> so, uh, we, so all of y'all listening right now, if you want to call in tomorrow, oh, no. from one to two, <laughs> the number is eight hundred four seven six three three one one, and we'd love to have you all say hi to Julie. Oh yeah, uh, via the totally message fun. you leave for the volunteers, and of course support your Catholic radio station. Yeah. So. Usually we're at home with the kids listening to you work hard all day long, but this will be an opportunity for me to get on the on the radio with you for just one hour, and hopefully do a really good job begging. For their <laughs> for their support, because the station is run by them and and funded by our listeners, so we're always very grateful. Amen, very amen. Grateful. And then uh, the following day, one of my hours is going to be <clears throat> with uh, Sean. Sean, uh, looking forward to having Sean you Rice. on the air with us. Are you ready for that? Are you are you prepared, Sean? <laughs> you know, I am looking forward to it. I've had so many. Uh, Words of encouragement. So I am excited. Oh, you're going to be great. You're going to uh, be awesome. I'm asking for uh, all our listeners to definitely uh, keep me and the entire network in your prayers. For That's sure. right. You'll, you'll do fine. I'm He's sure gonna you He's going to be will. fantastic, y'all. If you want to get to meet the newest and brightest star in GRN, listen to the share all week. Amen. I think we'll even do some Facebook Live during that. Absolutely. So it'll be awesome. Um, also, I do want to remind you again that the winner of the car raffle uh, Jeannie Knotts from Our Lady of Yay. Perpetual Help in Selma. Now, she herself is from Universal City. She actually won the cart, and mm-hmm. she's going to be volunteering Friday morning here wow. at, at, for the share I mean, wow. tell you, time, talent, and treasure. That is so Fantastic. awesome. We're very, very excited. We're happy uh, for her. Thanks be to God. And, of course, it's our, our youngest birthday on Friday. On Friday. She's 12. She's going to be How super old. She's going to be 12. <laughs> Which makes me feel old because she's our baby and she's going to be 12. So, so our little Stella. She's named after Our Lady Stella Maris, Our Lady Star of the Sea. And we ask you to keep her in her in your prayers all week long. She's a beautiful child and very, very lovely. And we ask God to protect her and bless her on her birthday and always. Amen. Happy Amen. birthday, Stella. So happy birthday. We love you. Woo. Um, so with that, anything else we need to cover? I know Sherathon. I don't think you've got a lot going on. Um, but Feast of St. Joseph this past Lemony. Feast of St. Joseph was just a beautiful time. Yes, this we know a lot of people gorgeous. who are, yeah, we, we know a lot of people who were celebrating. We celebrated with friends. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was an opportunity to get together and pray um, and be public witness. And it was just. Lovely. The weather was beautiful this weekend. I think St. Joseph had a lot to do with that. So, And we had a good public witness for our mayor. Yeah, too. we did. We had the joy of, <laughs> of seeing our mayor. I was wanting to invite him over for cake, but it didn't happen. But um, we really got a good little group of friends. I encourage you to, to grow that community of faithful um, Catholics in your family realm. Um, your kids need to be surrounded by people who are trying very much to live the faith. You need to try very hard to live the faith. And when you can get families, we're a homeschooling family, so it's beautiful and very uh, somewhat easy for us to find friends that are trying to live the same life. And it was glorious. And to get together to celebrate St. Joseph, who is magnificent, is was just a treat. 
Sure was. It was awesome. So, so yeah. I, I'm actually a little sore today because of yesterday's <laughs> All the running around. But, yeah. Oh. <laughs> we did a St. Joseph relay. And if y'all want to see secret footage of that, it was amazing. <laughs> if you want to see men run across a park dressed as St. Joseph, carrying the baby Jesus and running with their wives who were playing the Virgin Mary, it was really a lot of fun. Talk about a good Catholic spirit. It was fantastic. So it was fun. Thank you, St. Joseph, for an awesome celebration. (laughs) And awesome weather. So with that, let's get to our beautiful guest today. Today's guest, yes, Yes. he's in studio. Folks, I want to introduce you to Father Baby Chan. Hopefully I'm saying this right. Um, I can't pronounce the last name again. Arakatara. Arakatara. I was all excited to say it, and then I'm not saying it absolutely (laughs) correctly. So, Father, please pronounce your last name well for me to find a way to learn how to say it well. Welcome to Rising Wildfather. Thank you. Thank you, Richard and Julie. And thank you for this invitation to Guadalupe um, Radio Network. And we're excited because, you know, we've got some friends that, that mutual friends that have connected us and been, been pushing hard to get you on the air. And I'm so glad it worked out today. Uh, right before our share getting your parish uh, uh, parishioners listening in, uh, Jerome Iltis and Forrest Shannon doing a good job of getting the word out. So... Looking forward for for uh, lots of comments after the interview as well. Sure. Um, but Father, can you tell us where you're from and how you discovered your vocation to the holy priesthood? Okay, thank wow. you. And Father, um, tell me about what you're asking about our name. What what is it about whose name you're asking about? Oh yeah, because your name is much more interesting than. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know a lot of people find it difficult to, to uh, pronounce my. Uh, name uh-huh. and surname. <laughs> uh, I always say the story behind the name. Okay, um, absolutely. You know, when my mother was pregnant with me, mm-hmm. she used to watch lots of Jackie Chan movies. Oh, <laughs> we love Jackie Chan. Are you kidding me? We just saw a really cute one the other day. It was probably pretty old, but he's fantastic. We love him. Are you serious? It has something to do with Jackie Chan? Not really. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, you just led me right into that one, Father. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Now, when I was 15, um, you know, I began to um, develop this interest to uh, to become a priest. And so I decided to undertake um, a workshop wherein they spoke about religious life. Mm-hmm. So I began the journey when I was just... Fifteen and a half. Wow! And wow. Uh, I never turned back. Um, yeah, eleven years of training. Nineteen ninety-seven, I was ordained a priest, and then after a year of service in India, I was sent to the African continent. Wow! I didn't know where I was going. For those of us who hardly get out of Texas, Father, how different is South India to South Africa? Like, give us a perspective on. What the difference is between going from those two. Yeah, it, it, it was really a different experience. You know, um, in India, we are used to crowds everywhere. Yes. Uh, in India, we have about, about 1.2 billion people. Wow. And I was going to a country which is just 1. million. Wow. So you could imagine the cultural shock mm-hmm. of going to this land called Namibia, Mm -hmm. which is just very thinly populated. You actually drive from one um, city to the other. You drive, you know, maybe 100 miles or 200 miles. You will 
see a city. Wow. And that very would be few very people. Different. Very, very different. Is it just wide open green spaces or what it, does it look like? It's wide open, but mostly dry, deserted places. I was going to say, places. is it more yeah. desert looking? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, the people were, you know, very different, okay. different looking. I remember the children used to come up to me and then they, you know, put their hand on my hair <laughs> and see, this looks very Do different from this. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite funny. The Do you food have to learn diff- a different dialect, Father? Is sure. There, what you, had, what's the language? I had to learn uh, the local lang- language called Afrikaans. Afrikaans. Yeah. Wow. What does it sound like, Father? Speak something. Say okay. a sentence. I would say, when you, if you want to say good morning, you would say, Huyemore. Huyemore. And wow. then you want to ask, how are you? You ask, Huyemore. Who hunted? Who hunted? Hey, you're doing well. Like. I think we, you, you can go to the movie. Let's get on, let's get on a plane right now. Let's go and find it. <laughs> uh, I do want to recognize Ubi and Letty and Ivana uh, tuning in right now Very via nice. Facebook Live. Thank Hello. You. Great, to, great to have God you with us. You and uh, please share this with your friends. We'd love to have uh, more of y'all tuning Absolutely. in via Facebook Live. So, Father, where did you actually have to learn the language? Like, did you learn on the job? Like, you were just sent there and you just had to pick it up? Or did you study a little before you went? Uh, I, I had to learn after I arrived there. Wow. I had a German nun who spent about three months, wow. um, you know, with me, working with me, mm-hmm. like three classes every day. So it was tough. You oh, know how wow. Germans can be very Is straight. Is she the nun that's pictured in your book? <laughs> no, one? she's okay, not the one. Okay. It's another one. Uh, yeah. Wow. So it was kind of a um, difficult journey in the beginning, you know. You're so adventurous, Father. My goodness, because that already sounds incredibly treacherous. So so you're a young priest. How old are you when you headed to South Africa? I was just 27. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And so immediately you're put into a parish or, or what? How yeah. did your... After three months of training, I was put into a parish. Wow. Uh, we were three of us working together. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know... We had to do the masses in in the local language. Wow! And so you had to learn the whole. Yes. Wow, Father! Wow. Started to That's preach in <laughs> after four months, so it was kind of very daunting. But you know, you begin to enjoy mm-hmm. uh, a parish once you know the local language. Mm-hmm. So once I, you know, I was able to speak a little bit, I uh-huh. began to feel the place and and feel the community, and they were able to communicate. So wow. that I think was a good start. That's awesome. You know, and is this part of a specific religious order that you were with? Yeah. Or, or, or yeah. what order is that? Um, I'm a missionary of St. Francis de Sales. It's oh, a worldwide oh, order. St. Francis wow. de Sales. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so how in there, how did you get involved in prison ministry? When I was in Namibia, uh, the, the parish where I was, the priest was away on a Holy Land trip. And so at that time... That particular priest used to visit the prison along with the catechists. Okay. So because there was no priest other than me, they asked me if I would visit the prison. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was the first time ever wow. I ventured into a prison. So it really? was kind of a strange experience in 1998. So what are the prisons like, Father? Because, I mean, in this country, we imagine fairly large modern buildings. What are we talking about when we talk about prisons in South Africa? Um, the first one I did was in Namibia. Obviously, mm-hmm. Namibia is a small country with a very small um, population. Mm-hmm. The prison structure, both in South Africa and Namibia, are the same. Mm-hmm. In many ways, it's the same. But South African prisons are highly overpopulated. Okay, It's almost like 200% 
overpopulated wow you would find a prison you know having 40 people in a commun- communal cell with one toilet and a shower wow a lot of times unfortunately these showers are broken the sure. sink is so broken so the basics yeah Yeah. Wow. That's that's, that's that's a challenge and of, of course never having been in prison I believe you were quite shocked with what you saw but still um had to find a way to minister to these prisoners um yeah. what yeah. an experience. Yeah. Certainly when you go in you know the environment is very you know hostile mm-hmm. in a way when you look at it all the guards around the gates and all these chains all around it kind so you kind of intimidate you but once you begin to talk to people when you are able to communicate with the prisoners and they communicate with us and when you leave the prison you feel fulfilled that you yeah. were able to talk to somebody who never probably had a visit for 6 mm. months or a year oh, yeah. so that human touch just affirmed that person so that gives you a sense of fulfillment that actually kept me going for 20 years <laughs> now now uh, i had the beautiful opportunity nine years ago back in 2012 to go into one of the local prisons here a maximum security prison in kennedy texas um uh, some friends of mine invited me mm-hmm. uh with the coley prison ministries uh, they said hey you know it's a thursday and they said are you going to go with us finally into the prisons you know because <laughs> we're going uh, tomorrow and archbishop gustavo is going to be uh, baptizing confirming and ministering uh, uh first holy communion to about 40 45 inmates are you going to go or not because i've been telling them i was going to go but just never had the time uh, never made the time and at the and at that time my brother-in-law was a a warden in the Hondo unit the Torres Nai mm-hmm, unit mm-hmm. and of course he would share a few things and it wasn't always the the prettiest of experiences that he had there that he was sharing but i still felt a calling i wanted to go so i told the guys you know what yeah pick me up take me on over there and it was a it was a wonderful drive out there because these these guys came in from Kerrville and Fredericksburg mm-hmm. picked me up and we kept going for another hour and 20 minutes out to Kennedy and i was chatting with them i was excited Uh, to get there and I showed up and I gave them my license uh at the at the front gate there the security and then sure enough as we're going past the first gate and it closes goom really yeah, big loud yeah. going uh-oh yeah whatever I go to the next gate goom and it closes and I think six or seven gates we pass and the further and further I got inside the prison the more and more I came to my, the reality of what am I doing I, I I you know something could happen here I could never get out I mean I was all kinds of emotions <laughs> and uh because i'd never done that before but i walked finally into this room their chapel and it was big and white and a big big guy about a foot taller uh, taller than me and, and and twice as wide you know he looked at me and he said uh who are you <laughs> and i was like oh, uh, i'm richard i'm richard with with kgma 89.7 and he looked at me and goes who he kind of turned his head and like and i remembered if you're there for life they allow you to have a radio mm. they can hear us in the prisons thanks Peter. ah i'm richard rainer with kjma 89.7 fm floresville san antonio that's one of the ids that we have and he goes oh yeah and he <laughs> picked me up and like a rag doll he shook me back and forth <laughs> and, and literally i was like oh you're not going to kill me and he says guys i got the radio guy catholic radio you know come on over and and it was such a beautiful experience mm-hmm. And when you said when yeah. you left there that's what kept you coming back. Yeah. I I it, I was inside like fireworks 
amazing. Yeah. I can only Im- imagine going back. I'm not sure how often you went back, weekly or monthly. If if anybody's out there listening that has never participated in any kind of prison ministry, Kobe Prison Ministries does a great job of coordinating all the different visits across Texas, and they're they're expanding as well. Um, reach out to them. It's 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 so beautiful to participate in that ministry to to to, to those that are in prisons. Yeah, and and, and, and I'm I, thinking about the corporal works of Mercy Father. Yes, so I'm indeed. Sure <laughs> as you entered the prisons in South Africa, you're thinking, okay, I'm being Jesus at this moment. I'm walking as a priest. You are, in fact, in persona Christi, right? But as you're walking into these prisons, Father, and you're saying that you're having these experiences. Can you share with us maybe a, a, a preliminary experience, something that happened at the very beginning that helped encourage you to continue, maybe an experience with a prisoner where you really felt like, oh, I'm actually making a difference? Because I would imagine there are instances where you feel very um, maybe distraught over the fact that you weren't getting through to someone or someone wasn't mm-hmm. very receptive. Yeah. Um, I think one of the um, stories that I remember from a young girl in South Africa, she grew up in a very difficult uh, family environment. Mm-hmm. And then she um, came to the prison having done so many types of crimes. Mm-hmm. She ended up in the prison in, in Cape Town. But when you look back to her story, mm-hmm. you could trace the story to how she was abused as a very young child. Okay. And then when she was inside the prison, the first time when I saw her, she was looking shabby, mm. you know, with tattered clothes because she was not sentenced yet, so she didn't get the prison clothes as yet. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And then when she heard about, you know, a Catholic priest is coming to the prison, then she asked the warden if she could attend the Mass. So she came up, joined the Mass, and at the end of the Mass, she said she wanted to make her confession. Wow. And then she came up, after the Mass for Confession, and then I gave her, you know, Psalm 91 so that she Uh could reflect, you know, about her life Uh and how she could return to God. So that, you know, Psalm gave her life. Okay. In fact, when she came out of the prison, she was completely a transformed person. Wow. Today she's married, she's got children, she's living... A wonderful life. Beautiful. There are many stories that I can tell. You know, although the society out there would see prisoners as people who have harmed families and mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. So we go to shun them. We go to keep mm-hmm. them away. Right. Because they, are, they have become a problem. Mm-hmm. But there are so many of them who were victims before they became prisoners. Sure. And so the need for us to open our eyes to give them a second chance because mm-hmm. they deserve one. Because who, none of us can say that we are righteous. Right. We all have something that we know we have sure. gone against God or other people. So this is about seeing them as human beings who mm-hmm. made mistakes, but who has the potential to return and to become a better person. Now, in your book, which I just think is beautiful and I encourage people to get it, um, you talk a lot about restorative justice, Father. Yeah, yeah. Bring bring us to uh, an understanding of what that might mean and, and how you apply it in your ministry. I think this is one of the thing, one of the approaches that developed 
uh, quite a few years ago, both in New Zealand, in, in, in Canada and other places now it's picking up. Restorative justice is all about restoring human relationships that are broken because of crime. Okay. Because according to restorative justice, a crime is a violation of person mm -hmm. and relationships. When a crime is committed, relationships are broken. Sure. So restorative justice is looking at how do we restore the relationships that are broken. Okay. So it is, it is also using the principle of bringing the stakeholders. Who are the stakeholders in a crime? It is the offender, and the, the victim. victim, and the community. Mm -hmm. All are harmed in the process. Sure. So we bring all these stakeholders together mm -hmm. and see how do we make sure that the harmony is brought back. You know, one thing that we used to do back in South Africa, particularly about restorative justice, as a as a preparation part of before the victim offender mediation is the offender family mediation. Because yes. we used to bring the families into the prison and then the offender and the family used to stand facing each other, mm -hmm. talking about the crime. It's a difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. People just weep mm. and and spend a long time you know, having this difficult conversation. But the end of this conversation, we can see tears of joy. Mm -hmm. There's so much of emotion, you know, that very often doesn't take place in a normal visit. Mm. Right. So it's kind of a very powerful tool. We can use this anywhere, not merely in the prison. Mm -hmm. It can be used in the school. Sure. In our I'm families. thinking about applying it in, our, in, the real, yes. in the outside world, outside of prisons, right, Father? Yeah, absolutely. in the parish too. Yeah, Because there absolutely. are issues that come up in the parish, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, Father. I thought it was peaceful and calm. I'm thinking about the pictures that you have in your book, Father, and there are some beautiful images of, of prisoners taking those steps to reconcile with their family members, whether the crime was against family members or not, there's a wound there, right, Father? There's yeah. a wound that the, the prisoner himself is or herself is suffering and also the people whom they love and they were um and their family with. I mean there's a there's a very big wound there, right, Father? So yeah. the idea is to try to heal that. Yeah. And I'm sure you're obviously bringing them to peace with God because there are probably many prisoners you've met who don't believe they can be forgiven, right, Father? Yeah, yeah. that's a big issue. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say um, when somebody commits a crime, there are four levels of brokenness. Mm. One is that brokenness between himself and God. Mm -hmm. He feels broken person. Mm -hmm. And then there is that brokenness between the family and himself. Yes. Then there is a brokenness between himself and the and 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 the community, community. Mm -hmm. and then there is a deeper brokenness between he and the victim the direct mm -hmm. victim so yeah. there needs to be restoration in all these four levels mm -hmm. so that harmony and peace can be you know brought back so it is it is difficult but how, you know the, the main point is if we continue to live in that sin mm -hmm. hatred and retaliation vengeance, we will never be able to bring about the harmony that we as Christians are talking about. Mm -hmm. Because Christ himself said, to forgive 
and to be reconciled because he knew that hatred would never build up families or communities and that is why he said love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you mm-hmm. amen folks if you're just tuning Beautiful in right Father. now we are speaking with father baby chan arakatara uh, I didn't get it right. Very <laughs> I'm, close, I'm right? I'm keep practicing. There's a little more of a It's not baby there. Chan as in Jackie Chan. It's baby <laughs> no. Chan. Okay, we got us Although on now one. you've got that image buried <laughs> in my head, so that's going to be difficult to take away. Um, uh, Ivana Warnkin was asking, um, I know there's a uh, the Torres and the Nye units there in Hondo. Are you able to go into the to those units yet and and, and serve the prisoners, or, or no, not yet? Yeah, when I, when I came to, um, to Texas, um, I was contacted by Deacon... Um, Sorry, oh. Bob. Okay. Deacon Bob, Library. a wonderful okay, man. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, wonderful yes, man. Yes. He came to me and then he spoke, um, you know, spoke to me about the work that he was doing and how he's kind of coordinating and asked me if I would assist. And so I was very happy and Beautiful, actually interested. Father. So I That's got great. the training. I started going and then COVID, COVID. hit. Oh. And so we didn't mm-hmm. do much except I did two masses i think gotcha now you haven't been back in yet i mean i don't follow the regulations are they are they all letting in uh chaplains um, like yourself or no if you had previous training yeah is, they, they, some people they, in or yeah they're going to do um another training particularly particularly in this context of <clears throat> covid and once that training is done i think end of april we, okay. could, we should be back wow yeah wow, wow looking wow. forward now to father it. i'm sure i mean as a priest you're obviously able to bring them the sacraments have you seen what can you share with us i'm sure you have seen what can you share with us about the power of the sacraments for a prisoner and maybe use that instance to show us who are living free how we have absolute access to the sacraments and maybe can be freed as well yeah I think um, you know the the experience in South Africa is different from the experience here. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Africa, where we worked, you know, the numbers of Catholic um, faithful is much less in the prison okay. than those I found here in Hondo prisons. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I found here is people are more conscious of their hunger for God's word mm. and the sacrament. Okay. I think it is because. A lot of people understand what the sacraments are. Unlike in South Africa, okay. a lot of people, maybe because of the non-Catholic influence, there is not a lot of people who would know a lot about sacraments. Okay. But coming to sacrament itself, I think it's a beautiful, um, you know, it's a beautiful gift that God has given us mm-hmm. that we could use the sacraments to grow in the knowledge of God and obviously mm-hmm. live in communion with God. Mm-hmm. So the prisoners, I found, I was surprised when I went, actually two times when I went, the line for confession was oh. really, really wow. long in Torres prison. Wow. And I was quite inspired by that. So I wow, think uh, the, the the sacraments inside the prison is something that we go to promote. And mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing because they are, able to find spiritual consolation mm-hmm. and for those outside those outside all of us have the immense possibility but it's unfortunate that we are not probably coming mm-hmm. enough and more right. to use this opportunity to 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 live our faith well and experience the blessing because sacrament is so powerful you know some mm-hmm. when i do the holy mass or the baptism 
it's so powerful <laughs> the way the holy spirit works and how he is able to bring faith alive you know father in my head i'm thinking to myself there might be people in prison who are more free than the people who are outside the prisons if you don't take advantage of the sacraments mm. because if you bring them the sacraments and they really you minister to them and they accept them and they receive them well your spirit can be set free in a way that no bars can keep you yeah That's held true. and yet in our free lives here if we are letting our sin control us those bars are strong and if we don't visit the sacraments and frequent them then we can put ourselves in our own prison cell right father that's true absolutely so true. um you know i want to thank for pat and lisa for tuning in today Yay. via facebook live way to go thank you for sharing your comments as well um i, I love listening and because uh, i reminisce back when i went to the prisons uh two years ago also to see some of the same guys that i saw nine years ago um, and I recently interviewed someone who got out. It wasn't incarcerated anymore. He's doing well. He's got a, a, a thriving mobile detailing service. In oh, fact, yes. uh-huh. I recorded an interview with him for our upcoming share but it's so beautiful because when I met the gentleman in the prisons, he was a convert. Mm. He was converted in the prisons because the guys that are there uh, just listening and watching, they get a chance to watch EWTN. I'm not sure in their community TV room, but... They're, they're, they're hungry. One guy had read every Scott Hahn book. Uh, every, another guy, they called him EWTN because that's all he did. He watched EWTN and he listened to our station nonstop. So he said, EWTN, EWTN, come here, come here. It, it, was, it was amazing. But they, they, they formed a, a great inside team. And now with the, with the Fulton Sheen Pergam Apostolate that they, that they do inside the prisons, they nurture each other. Yeah. They help each other out. I mean, their faith is so much, seems to be much more alive in the prison mm-hmm. it's it's amazing so as you're talking about this and i'm just I'm, I'm thinking to myself uh what from your perspective is the most profound thing you've learned about god uh and these prisoners in your time with them and what have you what has struck you the most whether it's through the sacraments and has something resonated with you um i think one of the the central experience to all the types of ministries that we used to do to prisoners or ex-prisoners where that we were able to affirm them. Affirming takes place in different ways, mm-hmm. you know. One of the, the, the primary one is listening. Yes. When you listen to the stories of prisoners, they are affirming themselves and they feel that they are human beings. Again, yes. They feel that. Wow. A lot of times, you know, as, I, as you asked me earlier about whether they're able, able to forgive, a lot of them uh-huh. are not able to forgive themselves. Sure, I bet. And in that process, they feel so, you know, so down and depressed, mm-hmm. feel less of them as human beings' right. worth. And so the important thing of listening, that is profound. It has got a profound, you know, um, impact on, on prisoners. And then secondly, you know, when you are able to connect them with their families, however, we do different types of ministry in order to connect them with the families because it's important for one to feel that I belong to somebody. Mm. When you don't have that sense of belonging, you're going to look for belonging elsewhere right. and you end up in problems. Wow, Father, you yeah. just opened up a whole, <laughs> a whole realm because think about how the family is being attacked right now and how there are so many people who 
maybe commit crimes or or are in prison because, like you said, the woundedness that's happened, they have a brokenness that happened. And I I saw in your book that you have um, this whole ministry that you've been doing for 20 plus years. You've really come up with some suggestions about ways to break the cycles uh, for addiction and maybe people who suffer trauma and that's what brought them to life of crime. What can you offer to our regular listener who may have somebody they love in prison, may have somebody who, like we said, is imprisoned by their sin. What can you share with them that might help them either break the bars that are with them right now or help somebody in their lives who is, who is in fact paying for the crimes they've committed? Yeah, certainly. You know, our, our natural tendency is to hate the criminals. Mm-hmm. To just ostracize them, yes. right, Father? But the biblical, you know, mandate is love the criminal, Mm -hmm. hate Hate the the crime crime. he committed, Mm -hmm. because what he has done, we don't approve. Right. But who he is, we do want to love them. Okay. If you you take any, you know, my own experience, the vast majority of the prisoners with whom I interacted, there was something that happened in their lives Mm -hmm. that they became what they have. Mm Mm-hmm. I believe personally that nobody is born a criminal. Right. So he's, you know, he develops criminality. Sure. Maybe through association or through other means. But what is important is to see how the n- nature and oh, nurture. Oh, yes. Touch on that, Father. Yes. Touch on that. Because, you know, my own experience back in South Africa, I always felt, you know, Cape Flats mm-hmm. is actually the result of apartheid. Apartheid is now another word, uh-huh. how they say, it's an Afrikaans word. Right. Uh-huh. Separate people on the basis of, of their color. Right. So that was going on for many, many years in South Africa. It is with the help of Nelson Mandela, who mm-hmm. spent 27 years in prison, mm-hmm. that apartheid was completely abolished. Mm-hmm. Now in Cape Town, particularly, you would find towns, you know, we call it dumped areas because they were dumb the people were dumped almost there with these high rises where they put up by the government because they took away their own land and so in these places a lot of them grew up in a very negative environment Mm -hmm. a lot of gangsterism drug and all that so a child who is born in an environment of violence is going to be influenced Mm -hmm. by violence because he's going to learn how to handle his anger would Mm -hmm. be being violent, Mm -hmm. to act out. And then the huge issue you mentioned about family. Mm -hmm. Family is, you know, where everything takes place. If the family is dysfunctional, the community will be dysfunctional. If the community is dysfunctional, the country will be dysfunctional. And so the root, obviously, is a family. Mm -hmm. How do we strengthen the family? How do we make sure that we take responsibility in every way? Mm -hmm. So... Uh, you know, I, I would say vast majority of the prisoners have a past that we can trace to why they mm-hmm. ended up where they are today. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the reason for us to support, because it is Christ's command, chapter 25 of Matthew, verse mm-hmm. 36a, Christ said, I was in prison, you visited me. Absolutely. So it is about me looking at these brothers and sisters of mine and seeing in them the face of God and also seeing the potential of potential of bringing them back to God. I, you, all of us have a responsibility 
because it is a societal problem mm-hmm. so the need to reach out and <clears throat> we have a responsibility to reach out certainly there are so many of them who don't want to change that is also another aspect i have experienced and encountered many prisoners who just don't want change they are they like make a home where they are <clears throat> yeah. and that's another challenge sure Yes, it is. Um, you know, I, one of the things I wanted to share, because this hour is going by so fast. We've already <laughs> gone in 40 minutes of it. Um, when I was in the prisons back in 2012, uh, again, the, the little celebration afterwards for these guys who were baptized and confirmed and received First Communion, after Holy Mass, they gave them a little styrofoam plate mm-hmm. with two cookies and a, and a cup of black coffee. And, and they were ecstatic. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking to this one kid, he looked like he was 18 years old. He must have been older, but... But he was like, you know, Mr. Raina, if I would have known you were coming, I, I wouldn't have gotten this haircut. You know, <laughs> he he shaved it all, and he had all the tattoos showing mm-hmm. from where he was. If you looked at him in the outset, you'd like, oh, that's a mean guy. But then he started talking, and you could see he was just just seeking seeking to be one with God and and on his journey. And he said, even you know, when I get out of here. When I get out of here in in forty years, you know, I, I'm I'm going to come and I'm going to I'm going to volunteer with you. I'm going to volunteer with you. And I'm mm. thinking, forty years, wow! <laughs> but he was excited about uh, uh, that. I was just sitting there listening to his story mm-hmm. and how he came into the church and making him feel like like he's special. Mm-hmm. And I loved doing that. And mm-hmm. again, I tell you, if you're just sitting there right now, if you've never done any kind of prison ministry, Colby Prison Ministries. You can find them at com. There are several chapters around Texas. They've got one, of course, out of uh, San Antonio and, and uh, I believe, Bernie and Fredericksburg and Kerrville. Get involved with them. Look them up. It'll change your life, especially as I hear Father. I'm like, again, of course, I'm here running these five stations, but I feel I always feel a tug. Oh, yes, of, I, of I know. I can see more. in your eyes. Father, I'm thinking about, you're talking about your experience, Richard, and I'm thinking about life inside and life outside, if you refer to being in the prison and out of the prison. And is the is the epidemic of fatherlessness as prevalent in South Africa, in the prisons, in the ministry that you were doing? And because and, I know we're experiencing here in the States. Yeah. Is it about the same? And would you say that that is a huge part of the woundedness that affects the person to become involved in crime yes certainly i think it it, it it has a big impact on every every prisoner you mm-hmm. know i remember years ago when i was visiting a prison and one young man came running to me and said father you know if i had a father Aww. to tell me what is right from wrong i would not have ended up in this place oh my goodness he spent long years in the prison fatherlessness you know is a huge huge problem mm-hmm. both in south africa and uh, you know, from right, so much Father? from so much i know here mm-hmm. it it's it's the same too because i i you know do sacraments i can see sometimes the fathers are missing the mothers mm-hmm. are there right but there are also issues where fathers are there but the mothers are not there so you know when that father figure is not there in the life of the child mm-hmm. the same with the mother figure you are not giving everything that that child needs right god created us so beautifully you know mm-hmm. and we are to grow in the environment of the family and so the need for us to give that priority of both you know the importance of father and the mother in the life of a child mm-hmm. so i have met many i think too many people inside south african prisons mm-hmm. from my experience is because 
of the dysfunctionalism in the family, particularly right. the absence of father wow. in the life of the family. So you can speak directly to the issues that are affecting, I mean, really the whole world, right, Father? Because this is something that's a, that's prevalent there, prevalent here, and it's really affecting every aspect of the culture. Yeah. The church teaches that the, the family is the foundational structure and the husband and the wife, and very much so that the husband needs to be the spiritual head. And you're saying you've seen it, that people have actually voiced it and said, yeah. if, I had, if I had a dad in my life, who taught me right from wrong, who was there for me, who nurtured me in the ways of right, I would not have fallen into these into these crimes and this behavior, and my life wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so wounded, right, Father? So true. I think it's beautiful that you're bringing that aspect of it because I think sometimes, like you said, we see the prisoner and we set the prisoner aside and we say, I, I don't have anything in common with them. I, don't, I can't really relate. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But we're very similar, aren't we, Father, in the sense that we come from the same backgrounds. And sometimes it's just by the grace of God that one goes to jail and one doesn't go into jail. That's and true. one receives sacraments easily and well and often, and the other one has never heard yeah, of the sacraments. Tell me, tell me, Father, real quickly before we go, book, yeah. what, um, <laughs> what made you decide to actually write the book? I'm going to show all of y'all um, who are listening, this is Father Baby Chan's book, and it's really fantastic, and I w- would highly encourage you to get it. Where can we get it, and why did you write it, Father? Okay. First, um, why did I write it? You know, after spending about over two decades in Africa, when I was told that I'm moving, you know, I'm coming over to um, Texas, uh-huh. one of my friends back in South Africa said, you know, it would be a a, a great loss uh, if I don't write down mm-hmm. the experiences. I had in my mind one day I would write about my experiences in, mm-hmm. in the prisons. Uh, but then this couple, um, actually, um, the name is uh, Stephanie Weibel and then Alexander Weibel. They actually, um, Stephanie is from, from United States and uh, Alexander is from Austria. So uh-huh. they were living in South Africa, but they wow. were, used to assist me with the work that I was doing there. So they kind of pushed me, mm-hmm. write it now. If you don't do it now, <laughs> you'll never do it. Wonderful. So, <laughs> well, we have them to thank, right, Father? Yes, indeed. They Absolutely. were very, very helpful. And, and, and then, you know, then why I wrote, I think one of the main reasons why I wrote is I felt that there is a, 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 in a lot of, um, you know, wrong perception about prisoners uh-huh. and, commu- you know, about crime in the society at large. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, people would say, lock them up, throw the key away. Mm-hmm. And because they have harmed the society, they need to go to, um, go, they need to be punished. Mm-hmm. But I take a different view, particularly, you know, we have seen both in this country and back, I know, in South Africa, too, punishment Mm -hmm. has not changed Mm -hmm. much. We have not become safer, having increased punity measures. Mm -hmm. So punishment in itself is not the only way that we can deal with a crime. Mm -hmm. So that's why I speak a lot about restorative justice. How how, How can we make this difference between retributive justice and mm-hmm. restorative justice mm-hmm. retribution is all about you know making sure that you harmed me i will harm you mm-hmm. mm. you know retribution retributive justice is uh, defined by when a, a crime is committed we say a law is broken when a law is broken a crime is committed mm-hmm. and so you deserve punishment mm-hmm. but 
there is no way of dealing with the crime that you committed by mm-hmm. the offender or the experience of the of the victim mm-hmm. both are not you know experiencing in any closure or you know in for example the mm-hmm. the offender doesn't take responsibility the state is happy if he or she goes through the time mm-hmm. but it doesn't bring transformation altogether sure. prisons cannot change people unless prisoners make the decision to change with the with the help of the officials so it is a huge and complex issue um so that's you know something that that i felt it is important people need to realize that those inside the prisons are our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. they made a mistake but we need to offer them a second chance because Sorry. they have the potential And gotcha. where do I get the book? Yes, because yeah, we already had Ivana just <laughs> ask, where do we get the book? Where do we get your book, okay, Father? Okay, so I said, you know, currently I work um, uh, as a pastor both in uh, um, St. John's and Holy Cross parishes. Uh-huh. Um, St. John's Hondo and Holy Cross Johannes. Um, so in both parish offices, this book is available. You have your books there, okay. Yeah, St. John's. And so the number is um, in Hondo, St. John's is 830-741-2. 236 um we can do that and also it's available on amazon online oh, it's okay, available Father. on soft copy and the book is called light through the bars understanding and rethinking south africa's prisons by father baby chan that's amazing Beautiful. i'm telling you, i i, I could speak on this topic for hours <laughs> um god has me running uh, five stations you, and, and yes. it's it's so beautiful i'm praying that as as the covid restrictions uh, um start Lighten. to uh, slow down or weaken or, or or go away that we have a resurgence of people on the men and the women side mm-hmm. and the juvenile side mm-hmm. uh, as far as ministering to them I should say uh, uh that want to help out mm-hmm. whether, whether they get a hold of Deacon Bob Leibrecht or the Archdiocesan uh, uh Office of Criminal Justice or reaching out to you I'm sure they'll connect, you can connect them but yeah. but getting back into the prisons and ministering to them They are hungry yeah. Yeah. for anyone to bring them Jesus. So. Mm-hmm. And it is such an amazing experience. Uh, I highly encourage it, um, especially there with you. The, and you have a, 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 a prison in your area there, there in Hondo. Mm-hmm. And you get that opportunity quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, coming your way. Um, you know, how have you seen these experiences changed you in your life? You know, as, I, as you were talking about prison, <laughs> there is a prison in where I'm working. It was like, from the very first year of my priesthood until now wow I, I, you know it's like prisons are following me <laughs> 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 because wherever i was there was a prison close by yes so i was kind of something father doesn't it <laughs> yeah wow i always felt that you know um, <clears throat> as a priest there was you know this call within the call to yes. minister to the prisoners and so that was an experience um you know that nourished my priesthood uh because that kept me grounded yes um uh, made me realize that we all are sinners right you know all of us are sinners but the reality of the experience of god's goodness in our life gives us the power to minister to others mm-hmm. we say we are all wounded uh, healers we are in and of us you know can say we are perfect yes each time you know when i'm walking up to the altar i feel how unworthy i am oh. so that spirit should be alive in my heart i think being in the prison mm-hmm. kept me grounded and also helped me to remain faithful to my ministry as a priest so 
it was a beautiful experience i never regret the opportunity i was given because i felt that i gained more than what i gave to wow. those inside the presence well, god you know? bless you father what a beautiful story i hope that people are um renewed in their uh commitment to learning their catholic faith living their catholic faith um encouraging their children their spouses their community so that we can not only go into the prisons and and minister to them as you do but also to minister to our families yeah. so that we can heal woundedness outside of the prisons yeah. and hopefully keep our family and loved ones from being driven to the point where their wounds result in such a horrible um perspective on it in the end when you're yeah. in jail so you know letty here on facebook says thank you father uh, i struggle with my sister in prison <clears throat> and you definitely gave me a different perspective Aww. on how i should deal with this a little bit better thank you, thank you. And that's just because of radio us. imagine if, if, again, <laughs> if we get back into ministering to those in the prison. that's what i love about part of what we do yeah when you support guadalupe radio network we're able our signal is able to penetrate the walls of these prisons Absolutely. and they can hear so if you want to you want to do a corporal work of mercy and you mm. want to minister to people in prison but you're maybe for whatever reason you can't do it maybe you you can't join father baby chan support catholic radio because catholic radio we're having our charathon next week or this week yes. catholic <laughs> radio goes into the prisons and ministers to the prisoner and you will be doing a corporal work of mercy absolutely amen, amen. um so we got about a few a few minutes left um Boy, God bless you, Father. So, what's on or? your what's on your radar right now, Father? Being that the world is very different, you're yeah. you are at two parishes. You're working yeah. in prison ministry. Yeah. Quickly tell us what you've got, like right in front of you. What oh, are you so doing? Um, you know, at the moment, um, I am working in both parishes along with Father John, very busy, as assisting I'm sure. me in the Hennes and in Holy and in Saint John's. I think. I never knew until I came to San, <laughs> San Antonio that I'm going to Hondo and the Hannes. Wow. So it was a different experience I know, again. I know, I'm thinking about you, know? you jumping from yeah. South India to South Africa. And you're going to Texas? I mean, <laughs> what a bizarre and beautiful plan Jesus yeah. has for you, Father. <laughs> but it's been a good experience as far being, you know, working with, uh, um, with um, parishes, both parishes, wonderful mm-hmm. people. Um, I really enjoy, uh, you know, of uh, the experiences that I have, particularly with the faith experiences of yes. people, you have the big mixture of both the Anglo and the Hispanic uh-huh. traditions uh, that blends well in both parishes. And mm-hmm. I and I feel very privileged to be part of the you know part of the ministry team and to, to try and do all that I can. And I enjoy it, although at times it can become. Uh, very hectic in I'm the parishes. Sure can, we were, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, God bless you, Father. We we very much enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you. And God you. bless you and all your all your ministry and everything that God calls you to do. Amen. We will Amen. definitely be having you on our show Thanks. again because yes, there's so light. many more things we would love to cover. Yeah. Now, I'd love for you to sell out all of your books so they have to reprint it. So, we'll do our <laughs> very best. <laughs> I wish that Absolutely. there is some you know some who are listening who would probably buy some books and give to our prisoners in the prison because a oh, lot of yes, them Father, would, what a great would find idea. it. Yeah. Oh, Maybe is there is somebody idea. listening Could would want to buy, a, buy it and a, then offer would, it to the That's a great idea, Father. Yeah. Well, maybe we can connect you with some I'm people. Sure yeah. we've, I'm sure Richard's I'm wheels sure are turning in his head <laughs> trying to think of somebody. Absolutely, well, Father. Yeah, fortunately, we have the hard copies available in Hondo, so that, okay. that's an option that, that I would 
Awesome. Awesome. But before we get going, Father, would you impart a blessing upon us and our listeners, everybody out there? um, Before I do that, I just want to say thank you to Richard and Julie. Thank you for a wonderful time together. And the the team behind, wonderful. Uh, Thank you for making making this conversation happen today. I enjoyed it. And thank you for the support that you get. And everybody listening, thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these moments. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your blessings that you receive. Grant us every day in our journey. May you bless those inside the presence in various countries, many feeling lonely, rejected, many families feeling the weight of their loved ones away from their families, many children longing to see their dad or mom. Lord, may they be comforted. May they all live in hope that one day we all will be together mm-hmm. as a family. Bless this radio network, Lord, and everybody part of this. May your blessings be upon every one of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Again, Father, Father, Baby Chan, Arakatara. <laughs> I didn't say it right, but uh, we're very thrilled to have you, and we will continue to keep you in our prayers. I'm sure the seeds that we planted today with the show will go far and long. Thank you so much. God bless you. And until next, in two weeks, we continue to rise and walk. Tune into the Sherathon. Please support Catholic Radio. God bless you all and looking forward for an awesome spring Sherathon. God God bless bless you. Thanks for listening to Rise and Walk with Richard and Julie Reyna. To listen or watch again, go to iTunes or visit the Guadalupe Radio Network Facebook page. Have a question or comment? Email us at riseandwalk at grnonline.com. And make sure to join us next week for another episode of Rise and Walk. Our 2021 Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner is scheduled for Thursday, April 29th at the Banquet Hall at the Holy Trinity Catholic Church. And our keynote speaker this year is the wonderful Father Ken Teresi of the Fathers of Mercy. This year's award recipient is Father Will Combs of the Brothers of the Beloved Disciple. Toss in 180 of all of you, and this will be a recipe for an exciting event. To register or for more information, visit grnonline.com. Clark Cardas, colon and rectal surgeon and fellow in the American College of Surgeons, is proud to be a sponsor of the great Catholic programming on KJMA. He's a member of Catholic Charities Medical Advisory Board and Catholic Physicians Guild of San Antonio and provides care for colon cancer, diverticulitis, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and those embarrassing lumps, bumps, aches, and pains. For more information on his offices in the Medical Center, Westover Hills, or Stone Oak, please call 210-614-0880. On this episode of the National Catholic Geographic, we learn that once the human discovers Catholic radio on the GRN, it can't stop listening. It's drawn to the truth and knowledge of the Gospels and knows that without sending its monthly pledge to the GRN by logging on to grnonline.com and clicking on Donate, being equipped with this knowledge so it can give a reason for the hope that lies within, wouldn't be possible. 
a beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. This is 89.7 FM KJMA Radio, Floresville, San Antonio. Also online at grnonline.com. We don't mess with the truth. Hear it, love it, live it.